As we sit here in our nice cool corner of these United States, the rest of the West, along with parts of the Southwest, the rest of the South, the Midwest, swelters under record-shattering heat. Records are being broken everywhere. Even in Death Valley and Las Vegas, where, you know, you just assume that it's going to be as, as hot as it can be there. On top of all this, you've probably already read about the dire situation in California with its reservoirs drying up. Lake Mead in Nevada is at its lowest level since Hoover Dam was completed in the 1930s. Electric power is going to have to be rolled back in the middle of summer when people need it the most to run their air conditioners. You know, it makes you wonder if these big public works projects from the 1930s like hydroelectric power are nearing the end of their ability to adapt to the ever-increasing demand for water with less of it being produced by the earth. You know, could engineers and city planners of the 1920s, could they have ever perceived what population and agricultural would, would look like 80 years in the, into the future? It seems we're due for a public works update on a massive scale not seen in almost 100 years. That's just my observation. But there's a bigger question in all of this. What is God doing about rising temperatures and dried up rivers and lakes? What's he doing? You know, well, okay. Well, you, you, you got to wait till I get there. Yeah, but you are correct. <laughs> What's he doing about destructive weather? You know, are we left on our own to figure out because this is our problem? Now, we might be tempted to say God is doing nothing, aside from Karen or whoever said no. <laughs> but the disciples will tell you and me that we're wrong if we think that God is not doing anything. Because they saw with their own eyes, heard with their own ears, <clears throat> even felt with their own bodies the power Jesus has over the untamable sea and the destructive wind and rain. The miracle on the Sea of Galilee was way more than the modern American sentimental meaning that Jesus calms the storms in our lives. It's bigger than that. Jesus demonstrates his effortless power over his creation. He doesn't require a 20-minute prayer or an hour-long charging up period, you know, or he doesn't require a, a fancy ritual with lightning coming out of his eyes or his fingertips to do this. He simply speaks it and it happens. Along with this account in Mark, we have the more ancient account of Job, where God the Father asks Job, who formed the seas? And all of that that he said. <laughs> Not you, Job, or anyone else I created. So there should be no doubt our triune God, all three persons, yet one God, has got this planet under control even though it continues to shudder, crumble, and decay from the fall into sin. And this can be a comfort when we're unpleasantly learning to adapt to hotter temperatures and less fresh water. 
Now, the reading today from 2 Corinthians doesn't focus so much on God's authority over the wind and the waves as much as God uses His awesome power to favor and help and save us. So, while we're talking about heat, let's go visit for a moment the new church that was planted in the hot, dry city on the coast. It's gotten off to a rocky start. The people have formed in a little cliques, you know, groups that don't want to talk to each other. Some want to follow this elder of the church and others want to follow this other guy. Not to mention, there's a sex scandal going on with one of the members. You got that going on in the new church plant causing disorder, confusion about worship, and basic beliefs including the resurrection of Jesus. A painful visit from the pastor missionary who planted this church followed up quickly with a letter to the people and the leaders followed by an even more painful letter and you've got a church hanging on by a thread. The second letter though brought comfort and the good news they needed, namely that the Father of all mercies and God of all comfort comforts us in our afflictions. Of course, this little church plant I'm talking about is the one we know in Corinth almost 2,000 years ago. And the pastor missionary who writes these letters, who started this church and then writes letters to it later on, is none other than Paul, for which our church is named after. He pleads with the new believers in Corinth not to receive the grace of God in vain. In other words, he, he tells the people, let God come to the full fullness, its full fruitfulness, and don't let your sin get in the way. He wants each and every one of them to believe in the good news that Christ came to die and save the world from sin, death, and the devil. To refuse the gospel would really put one in danger. And Paul notes that one of the problems the people in Corinth have is restricted hearts. Sounds like a heart disease, doesn't it? You know, like clotted arteries or something. But that's not a far-off illustration to what's actually going on here. The people's hearts are restricted. And so love for each other is confined and closed off. It's a, it's a spiritual heart disease. Paul pleads with them, make room in your hearts for us, the people who bring you the news of Jesus. Can we relate to the problems of the Corinthians? You bet we can. Has your heart ever been closed off to others? I know mine has at times, and I'm I'm not proud of it. We've all encountered people in need, and we've all said to ourselves, Oh, there's nothing I can do. And we move on. Somebody says something on social media and we, that we don't like, and so we don't like that person in return. There, there are many reasons our hearts are damaged. You know, things happen to us in life, makes us leery of others, untrusting. And we've been hurt. There's conflict among us, not to mention We lose ones we love in death and can't understand why God would allow such things. Whatever the case, we've 
we've all had some spiritual heart disease. Much like the Corinthians, our hearts are not as open as they should be toward God and toward others. But there's good news. See, the Corinthians weren't left to deal with their spiritual disease on their own. And neither are you and I. Paul reminds them the day of salvation is now. It's here today. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new person, a new creation. The old has passed away. Look, the new has come. The Corinthians and all Christians are new people. A new heart has been created in them. Now, it would be nice if this also meant that a new heart muscle was created in us that isn't prone to disease and failure but so that we could all live longer, but we'll take what we can get. A new spiritual heart which hangs on to hope in everlasting life. And in the end, we do get a new body on the last day with a new heart muscle and all the organs that will never fail again. And new bodies aren't the only gift. Jesus also promises a new earth. A new earth for us to live on with Him. This means no more destructive weather, droughts, or no more need for nearsighted man-made public works projects. All this is ours because of Jesus. Now is the favorable time because our God has shown us favor in His Son, Jesus Christ. We wait for the last day when everything will be made new again. In the meantime, telling others about Jesus. And if it's one's calling in life, being part of re-engineering and coping with problems on this earth while it shakes, shudders, and bakes. But there's no waiting for salvation. There's no hoops to jump through or re-engineering for that because on this day, this very day, your sins have been taken away by Jesus Christ, Lord of all creation. On this very day, you have received God's favor by hearing His word and by faith given to you by the Holy Spirit, believing this word. We'll endure hardships together, calamities, riots. We've already been enduring that. And we'll endure sleepless nights Dishonor, slander, maybe one day hunger, beatings and imprisonment on account of Jesus. We're already suffering discomfort and conflict and broken relationships and misery. But these won't last forever, see? We do not receive the grace of God in vain. We receive it in fullness, in its full fruitfulness especially today as we receive His body and blood for the forgiveness of sin and spiritual strength. Spiritual strength to strengthen the heart to face the weeks ahead until the next time we have it. So even though the heat may continue to go up and the water slows to a trickle, our God promises to never leave or forsake us on the outside and on the inside. And that is good news, my friends, on any day. Amen.